You are tuned to the Afternoon Cruise here on Jazz 88, and I am joined by Mr. John Schofield, who's coming through town on Thursday, September 8th. He's taking the stage of the Dakota, and we're so thankful he can spend a little time with Jazz 88 before the show. John, thanks for hopping on a Zoom with us. Great to be here, Sean. Thanks for having me. Well, John, you have had a pretty incredible career in jazz for many, many decades now. I've been a fan of you since a go-go was kind of when I got on the John Schofield train, and that was even kind of mid-career. But this is the first time where you've been doing a record that's been solo. It's been you and the delay pedal to sort of set up a couple textures and a couple patterns to improvise over. It's a big thing when somebody at this point in their career does an eponymous album. What made you want to sort of make that statement of going, this is John Schofield? Well, yeah, you know, it, the first thing was it happened during uh, COVID lockdown when we were all home for over a year uh, sitting around. No concerts, no gigs, no nothing. And I... Uh, I uh, figured, you know, I, I could do it. I knew I could make a record of just my guitar at home with uh, the, the limited technology that I had. And uh, I'd always, you know, uh, guitar is a solo instrument, can be, even though it wasn't my real uh, area. You know, I'd always played with bands. So, uh, but I'd always had it in the back of my head that it could be done and, and uh, I could do it. Um, so I did it. <laughs> it just took me a few years to get to it, but here it is. Well, it's it's a really cool a cool record. The tune we've been spinning on Jazz 88 is not Fade Away, which was a little bit of a surprise. I read in the press release that you sort of harken back to some of the music you grew up with, and you certainly aren't known as somebody who just stays purely inside of some sort of strict jazz idiom where, oh, you got to only play songs that are jazz standards or only write songs that sound like jazz standards. What had you pulling back into your childhood musical obsessions with Buddy Holly and other artists such as that? Well, you know, I started with rock, like virtually everybody in guitar, <laughs> I, I think, you know. Um, and uh, so, it, you know, Jim Hall said a great thing years ago, the guitar plays the blues by itself. And uh, I love that phrase, and I, and I think it's true more or less with everybody. And uh, um, I've always thought that actually uh, there was a closer connection between playing, you know, jazz, blues, and, and rock and roll. And these tunes really work with somebody with a style like mine. Um, and it just, it, it, it's, it's fun and easy, easy for me to direct myself in that way and I kind of make jazz out of it you know if you listen to the solo and stuff I'm stretching oh yeah it's, it certainly doesn't sound like you know a pure Buddy Holly thing there's certainly a lot of Schofield and yes a lot of jazz in there I'm glad you brought up your style because you are amongst a relatively small group of guitar players in my opinion in any genre where usually about four or five notes I know it's John Schofield whether I'm looking at the liner notes or not and, and and that's a beautiful thing. It makes me think of artists like B.B. King, Wes Montgomery, and other people where you kind of, you know, you hear a handful of notes and you know who you're listening to. How quickly did that come to you, having that kind of signature sound? And how much did you have to work on it as opposed to it just being kind of a blend of how you came up and where you arrived? Well, you know, I think it is a, a blend. But first of all, Sean, thank you so much for saying that, you know, 
but I guess if I have my own sound, um, it's because I, I always realized that jazz music uh, really encourages that, you know, that as a jazz fan, you know, I was always aware that uh, that you were supposed to have your own sound, you know, and that Bird had his own sound and Monk and, you know, Bill Evans and, and uh, Miles and whatever, you know, everybody was, you were supposed to have that. And, and I like the fact that jazz um, allowed you to, to be yourself. You know, I could never uh, uh, get the kind of technical perfection to play classical music, I don't think. And, and uh, you know, part of having your own sound is, is, is uh, the kind of, you know, the little off notes and stuff too, you know. And, uh, um, you know, I, so I was always just aware that you were supposed to have your own sound in jazz. And, you know, quite honestly, some of it is, is the stuff that, that you don't try to do. That's not really that you you can't do, and uh, and it's making the most of of what you've got. Everybody's like that, you know. Not just me, but everybody um, has limitations, and then you take those limitations and expand inside it. And um, you know, I, I uh, thank you very much. It's uh, I always wanted to have have a sound, and uh, I think Charlie Hayden, the great bassist, said a great thing is that everybody's got his own sound. You just have to, you, you, everybody has their own sound that you just have to let it come out. And when your friend calls you on the phone, you know it's their voice right away out of the billion people around. And it's like that in music too. You just have to nurture it. Well, nurture it you have because I, I love the sound that you create. I love what you do on this new record. Um, which which is just titled John Schofield and something we've been spinning here at Jazz 88. And myself, I think probably like maybe a whole generation of fans of John Schofield, I came in with that Agogo record going back into the 90s with Modesky, Mern, and Wood. At that point in your career, did you kind of see, I'm, I'm about 41, so I, was, I think I was in my, in my late teens, did you see some kind of influx of fans come in from that collaboration? With oh, Modesky, absolutely. Mern, and Wood? You know, it was kind of a... Um a real rebirth for me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was, had been around for a while and I, I knew about the jam band scene, but it never really checked it out, you know, and it always seemed kind of like just an extension, not really of the rock and roll stuff that, that I started out with in the sixties as a kid. And I still think that. And, um, and then I heard Modesky, Martin and Wood, and I really related to them. I, I said, well, these guys are playing funk and they're playing free and they're, they're doing all these uh, kind of, you know, a bunch of different things that they could do as a group. It was so fantastic. And I thought, well, uh, I'd like to invite them to record with me. And it was just at a time when they were really getting popular on the jam band scene. And all of a sudden, a lot of the you know, jam band kids knew who I was, who wouldn't have known about me otherwise. Well, it's it certainly turned me into a lifelong fan of the work you've put out, because like a lot of, you know, I was a bit of a jam band kid, but I became much more of a, a jazz enthusiast, and I, I really welcome that. On that uh, record, A Go-Go, um, John, one thing that stuck out to me is I was, you know, thinking myself quite the funk snob in my late teens. I was, I sort of said to my brother, I'm a bass player. I said to my brother, who's a guitar player, what is this guy doing playing acoustic guitar? Why would somebody play acoustic guitar with Modesky Martin and Wood? It didn't make sense to me texturally. And 
I, I would say that within the jazz world, you're sort of one of the rare artists who works in a lot of like full sounding acoustic guitar while still being with a full combo where it's not a thing where you're just playing the acoustic by yourself. I mean, it's not, you're not the only person, you're not a unicorn, but it's not all that common. What, what, what has you bring an acoustic guitar out on a particular song or bring it into a recording? Sean, when you say acoustic guitar, you know, I play a semi-acoustic guitar, which is, is, you know, it's an electric guitar, you know, but it just doesn't have the, the, the super electrified sound of a Fender Telecaster or a Stratocaster or something. But aren't there, aren't there tunes on the record where you're also playing a, a straight up like acoustic guitar, not like it? Okay. Maybe, maybe like one or two, man, that's it. Oh, right. That's all I'm asking about. I was all in on the semi on the semi acoustic. I was asking about the particular times where it's a full on acoustic. Well, it just yeah, that's kind of, you know, um, it just seemed to fit. <laughs> well, and, and and fit it did. It just was something that I didn't I didn't expect in that kind of sound. And that's I mean, to me, one of the one of the really cool things about your music is you're often hitting the notes. I don't expect to hear. And then by the you know 15th time I've listened to the song, I can't imagine another note you 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 put yourself into your music as you've mentioned as charlie hayden has mentioned it's something that everybody has but not everybody um has found on top of the the quality of your performing you've had a pretty impressive track record of connecting with great young jazz musicians perhaps before their household names collaborating with them and 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 really often uh starting jet start jump starting people's careers in some pretty impressive ways and i know that you got a pretty cool lineup of folks coming through to play with you on thursday september 8th over at the dakota on the website it looks like it's vincent archer on bass josh dion on drums and john cowherd on piano is that correct that's right yeah and uh we've been having a blast with this band i call it yankee go home we did a a whole lot of touring this spring and summer and uh it's been going over really well um and yeah, some of those names you, you might not have heard of. Uh, Vicente Archer has been playing with me a long time. He plays upright bass, but we're rocking out with the upright bass, you know, and, and uh, that works. And then uh, Josh Dion, the drummer, is incredible. He uh, He's really, you know, played jazz and into it, but is, is, at this point, I guess he's more known as a rock drummer. And... Uh, uh, you know, he's he's from the New York area, and he's also an incredible singer. And with his own band, Paris Monster, he's uh, phenomenal. So I heard about him and, and called him and said, you want to try playing together? And we did. And he was able to approach the music with a jazz musician's uh, sensitivity, but still rock out, you know, which is what the tunes require in some cases. And... Uh, because we're playing a lot of covers. We're doing like Neil Diamond and Dead Tunes. And Neil Diamond. I can't believe I said that. We're doing <laughs> Neil Young and, and, and Dead Tunes and, and, um, and some country tunes and, and uh, you know, some, some like top 40 hits from the 60s, you know, and, and jazzing them up. So um, Josh is perfect for that. And, and the keyboard player, John Coward, uh, is probably best known for his involvement in a group called the Brian Blade Brotherhood. Uh, Brian Blade's, you know, one of the great drummers of all time. And, and uh, with Brian, he's kind of the musical director. He writes a lot of that music. And uh, he's great, too, because he can play jazz, but he, he's, you know, he's 
Uh, he can play, you know, kind of rock and country type stuff, and he plays great organ. You know, he um, he's very versatile, and uh, uh, I, I love this group. I, I hope uh, people come out and hear us. I had the joy of seeing John Coward recently because uh, not only does he play with Brian Blade, he also plays with uh, Nate Smith, and he came through town. Yeah. So they were on stage at the Dakota a couple uh, months ago now, and they, they put on a great show. You are tuned into listener-driven Jazz 88. I'm chatting with John Schofield. He's coming through town on Thursday, September 8th. The show is over at the Dakota. John, I imagine at this point in your career, you're no stranger to many stages of the Twin Cities, including the Dakota. Uh, what do you look forward to doing when you come back to the Twin Cities? Well, um, playing the Dakota is what yeah. I'm there for, and uh, I'm just going to you know, hit the gig. Uh, it'll be nice to be in the Twin Cities when it's not cold. <laughs> it'll be nice to um uh, uh to be able to walk around a little bit downtown near the dakota and everything and and um uh sometimes i've gone over to saint paul to that great music store there and i'm just blanking out on, on i the wonder name. if we're are we talking willie's american guitars yeah willie's yeah exactly yeah. willie's was which is great i bought an, an amp from them once and i uh, i think i bought a guitar there at one point too and um that's always fun, you know, so it'll be great to be there. I mean, what a wonderful cultural city you have, a uh, great music town. Uh, always a blast to be there. Well, we're looking to catch you live. We're looking forward to the show. It's on Thursday, September 8th. John Schofield's coming through town with a new performance with this uh, ensemble, and he's supporting this new record, which is simply titled John Schofield. Uh, we've been playing the song Not Fade Away, but John, I'd love to play another tune off the new record as we wrap up with this conversation today. Uh, any, any songs in particular you're digging off of the new record? Well, I love them all deeply. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what, uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I thought we really got into some good, st we being the, the royal we, I got into some good stuff on uh, uh, It Could Happen to You. All right, well, let's do that. And John, we'll catch you on Thursday, September 8th. So thank you so much for chatting with Jazz 88. Thank you, Sean. Bye-bye.